Two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, by the way, that boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's been... And MC Light, both of you, thank you. Because they both have the light off on the mic, you know you're, uh, you're all here to listen to the new edition. Mike Bibbins, 40 years producing music that lifts our souls. Is that the scotch? It's not just scotch. This is a, it's like a, it's a half-assed Sazerac. What's a Sazerac? Better than this. This is, this is a, this is a, this is a half-Azerac. Half-Azerac. What's a, what, what's the, what is it? <laughs> this is a, this is scotch, uh, Peychaud bitters, and lemon juice. If it, if it was going to be a real Sazerac, it would have absinthe in there, and oh, okay. it would have a lemon peel, and you know you kind of massage the peel so the oils come out. And oh, Jesus! Yeah, so I do, and said I'd like squirt lemon juice like from the bottle in the refrigerator, and I actually do have some absinthe in the house. I could have splashed it in there and then rinsed it out with it, but anyway. All right, you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Wet Wired. I'm Sean Andes. And I'm Julian Paul Butt. LLJ Cool J Ice. <laughs> that boy's got biceps bigger than my thigh. <laughs> like right before we started recording, I was I saw a graphic from NBC. Uh, I forget what poll they were putting up there. Somebody else can check that out. But it was something like 73% of Americans have an issue with Joe Biden's age and, and faculties. It's terrible in, 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 his, in his age and faculties, but also Donald Trump is like three years younger than him. What, 87 going on 1,000? Right. Joe Biden is 117 years old. <laughs> They have nobody to blame but themselves if the Democrats lose the next election. They're, they're, everybody's telling I them. Was, everybody has been telling them. But you see the reaction that, that you get a lot of times when you start criticizing his age. And I think that there's a lot more people that are okay with that now. They don't consider it just like a default ageism defense that you're singling him out for something, you know, be, because of his advanced years. It, like, no, the guy is it's grandpa Simpson and he's, and he's, he's taught, he tells these rambling stories. He just, he told some story about how his early years in politics. And this is something that was written up in, uh, in variety or something like that. And he was talking about his early years in politics and he finished this 15 minute long story. And this is all teleprompter stuff. And then five <laughs> minutes later, he retold the same story from beginning to end with no additional <laughs> point or anything like that. He just, he just said it twice. This guy has been in politics and uh, in, in, in uh, not just politics in the broader sense in fucking Congress uh, and otherwise well over four decades. And I, I, I was saying to, to friends just uh, last night, <clears throat> He's such a fucking asshole for running again. 
in part, I, I already think he's an asshole for all of the things that he's he's passed. He's one of my top most hated politicians of all time uh, for the crime bill that he wrote uh, with for for the legislation that he wrote. That was basically the precursor that he bragged about to the to the Patriot Act one and two. Uh, he wrote the legislation that was essentially the basis to those to those ones. Uh, it was the something or other terrorism bill in 1990. I want to say three. Uh, I mean, just 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 so much nonsense that he's done over the years. He is the the primary driver against um, uh, bankruptcy forgiveness. I mean, he he was fucking hard on it uh, to make sure that and of course, coming from Delaware, which is a big place for fucking credit card companies. It's not a goddamn yeah, you don't fuck with the court of chancellery. and and if anybody was delaware's dauphine does not allow does not like it when you challenge their financial laws they sure don't (laughs) And, and if anybody was the chief architect of of the drug war in the united states it's this motherfucker i mean he he and strom thurmond uh, tried and failed a couple of times before he finally got the legislation through uh, to to pass anti drug legislation that Ronald fucking Reagan said, "Hey, that's that's a little too right wing, bud." <laughs> he vetoed it twice, and th- that's to give you an idea of, of who this motherfucker was. And that's not even why I'm calling him an asshole this time. I'm calling him an asshole because. He won by a hair when we we're hot off the heels of four years of Trump. And he won by a hair. The fact that he barely fucking won when we had four years of Trump should tell you, hey, give somebody else a fucking chance so that, you know, I mean, put a baked potato up there and we'll have a better fucking chance. And and he ins- because of his ego, just like with Hillary Clinton, because of her ego, we got fucking four years of Trump. She was the most unlikable, unelectable Democrat they could have possibly shoved out onto the stage. And and then we got four years of Trump. And now we're going to get a repeat because the only reason he won last time is we were hot on the heels of Trump. Now it's been four years. And he barely won last time. He's there's it's way too risky, in my opinion. We might get another fucking Trump. I think there's there's almost no way we won't get another Trump. Unless he chokes on a chicken bone, I think we're going to have Trump. And it's because this fucking prick decides to run again. It's not just because of that. It's that whole the whole Democratic Party machine that that put him there in the first place has doesn't advance anybody else. Who, who's in their bench? Who does they, who do they have? Who who are the up and coming Democrats? Is there a Democrat who's in their forties that people get excited about? If they wouldn't have fucking kneecapped. Bernie two times in a row. He's not a Democrat, though. He was just running as one. And that's the thing. Whatever. But I'm no, just no, saying. That's my point, I'm though, saying is that if they, if they didn't fucking kneecap him the first time, we wouldn't have had Trump in the first but, fucking but that's place. That's my point, though, is that during the time, during that, that campaign, there was nobody else in the Democratic Party that was coming anywhere close to the position that Hillary Clinton had. I mean, nobody. You had, I mean, you had like a never going to wins up there like Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, and those were the people that you had up there, and Kamala Harris, never going to be Kamala president. Harris. Who, by the way, I, I mean, 
part of said kneecapping fucking if it, I don't know if, if anybody has the memory uh, to that primary, but fucking the, she got 1% or something like that. Uh, Buttigieg also had like maybe two or three percentage points or something like that. They all had nothing. They were completely unelectable, completely unpopular. And then all at once, right when Bernie was just about to, 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 uh, tip it over. That's when all of them dropped out all at the same time because Biden offered them, hey, uh, how about, I don't know, Secretary of Transportation? Buttigieg is, is, is a really funny guy. No one should ever forget that he eats pizza like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to move us along here. The, the Democrats are not having a good time. <laughs> They're not gonna have a good time. right now, and 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 it's just getting worse. Three-time Democratic Senator Robert Menendez from New Jersey is facing three counts of taking bribes from Egypt in exchange for Menendez voting in favor of U.S. military aid and siding off on arms deals. There, there was an FBI search executed at his house recently, and just in a super Tony Soprano move. The search found that Menendez and his wife, she's being indicted too, had $480,000 of cash just sort of stashed around the house, including in his jacket pockets. <laughs> put, it, put, it, put it underneath the sofa cushions. <laughs> they also found $100,000 in gold bars. So part of this search- Did, did they- did, did, I, Sean, they must have found the gold bars- because they followed the red dots to the X on the map that was on either side of a little skull and crossbones symbol. So part of the search was an electronic search, and they have his search history, and they also have a record of a search that he uh, that he made on Google when he came back from a trip to Egypt, and where he searched for how much is one kilo of gold worth. <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, he is claiming this entire time that uh, that all of the the luxury vacations and other gifts that he accepted as bribes, all of this, the cash, the gold, all totaling around a million dollars. He's claiming that, quote, for 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. So Menendez, his, uh, he is the son of Cuban immigrants who fled Cuba after the revolution and Castro took power. So that tells you where, what part of society they were in. Then yeah, coincidentally, he, he wasn't, they went to he, crime boss capital of the world, New Jersey. <laughs> notably, he's not, he's not fleeing and his family's not fleeing uh, the, the Castro regime because they're in a position of – ideological differences they're in a difference of financial differences with the castro re regime menendez is, is essentially he's stacking gold bars like the head of a crime family because he's hiding money from the communists for 30 years i have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account which i have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in cuba now this may seem old-fashioned, but these were monies drawn from my personal savings account based on the income that I have lawfully derived over those 30 years. 
I look forward to addressing other issues at trial. <laughs> or he has PTSD from his parents having like gathering their possessions together to get out of the country before all their property was nationalized. I actually I would really love to see some more info about where uh, Robert Menendez's parents were in society. Uh, what kind of what kind of things they got up to? If any of that record exists, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm sure we'd be all very surprised if it was sugar plantations. Yeah. Yeah, or or some like some uh, shareholder stake in the Tropicana. Oh no no no! Uh, uh, United Fruit Company. No, it, you were right about the sugar. That was the agri- the agricultural business that was dominated by foreign corporations. No no no! But I I think United Fruit Company became Dole, not Tropicana. No, the Tropicana, the nightclub. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> I'm thinking of the orange juice. <laughs> so his wife, Nadine, uh, this is just an aside. I don't think it has anything to do with the charges. As she's originally from Lebanon and her parents left the country when she was young. His wife, Nadine, was the intermediary for a lot of this business. Well, maybe the Lebanon part does have some connection here because she was passing messages to a guy named Wael Hana, who was then sending them along to his contacts in the Egyptian government. So we were just like note passing all the way to Egypt. And this guy, Hana, also got rubber stamped by Egyptian officials to be the sole U.S. company approved to export halal meat to Egypt. The sole company. The one company in the United States that's allowed to certify halal meat as far as Egypt is concerned. There are obviously a lot of companies in the U.S. that certify halal meat, but this is the only one that can ship to Egypt. What a, what a fucking connection. Yeah. I, that, is, that is so fucking bizarre. This is like the old school Democratic Party. This is like Rob Blagojevich in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on a little bit. We, we got a couple of things to cover tonight. And that, that whole Menendez thing just sort of dropped. So I, I wanted to make sure it, it, we talked about it for a little bit. The thing that, I, that I, I really wanted to bring up tonight, though, like one of the two things was the... Uh, first off, I'm sure everybody remembers the obnoxious people who were crashing school board and city council meetings back in 2021 and 2022. If you don't remember, oh yeah. yeah if you, well, if you don't remember for some reason, or you just you know that just wasn't something you you paid attention to. People were calling in and showing up, often showing up, but also calling in because a lot of these school board and city council meetings op- uh, opened up to uh, to virtual meetings in, in Zoom and on other platforms because of the pandemic. Most of, a lot of cities across the, uh, like across the whole country, not just big cities or small cities, a lot of cities in general have maintained that and just at, left it there as an access point for citizens to be able to listen in on council proceedings and school board proceedings. But most of those people that were, that were calling in or showing up or they were complaining about culture, culture war issues. I mean, aside from the from the real business, they you know there were people coming in and crashing and taking trying to take things off topic and just derail the whole thing by complaining about vaccine policies and masks and transgender bathrooms, and of course the daddy of all culture war complaints, critical race theory, which which we got from our our boy uh, Chris Rufo, who is is now hanging out in Florida, thanks to. Uh, Thanks to Ron DeSantis, who appointed him to the board of directors of oh, yeah. uh, the Liberal Arts College. But I mean, the, the world has been kind to all those weirdos. Th- all all of that happened when they when they were crashing those uh, 
those city council meetings and school board meetings because these people were they they didn't just suddenly get a wild hair in, in their ass all simultaneously they were they were influenced by a handful of groups and some of those groups were influenced by of course heritage foundation among others but i mean it wasn't it wasn't that it was this random occurrence that came out of nowhere it wasn't some grassroots upswelling uh, uprising of of democracy no, there, there wasn't some simultaneous Eureka movement where a whole bunch of weirdos decided, I know, I'm going to log into my city council Zoom call and give them a bunch of shit anonymously. Yeah. And I mean, keep in mind, kind of the best slash worst slash best again parts of this strategy is that they're, they may as well be uh, uh, crashing in on Leslie Nope in Pawnee. I mean, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't fucking, uh, something that is extremely restricted access. It's the ease of access that makes it easy to just, you know, totally crash the, crash the party. Right. They're taking advantage of, of cities across the country having open government policies that a lot of these, it's all, everybody's always able to go to their city council meeting or their school board meetings. But during the pandemic, because of because of uh, of pandemic restrictions, a lot of these local governments put their meetings on Zoom or other platforms like that and allowed the public to log in. But when you log in and you don't have to necessarily show your face, you can have your camera off and not use your real name. You don't. You also don't even have to be from that town. You could be from anywhere in the country or the world for that matter, get access to, to some local government proceeding that happens to be available online and give them hell about anything you want. It doesn't have to be legitimate business of government. And because of the small scale of each one, it's it's really easy to overwhelm them with maybe oh, totally. 20 people. I mean, yeah. it, I, it doesn't take that coordinated of an effort to to totally outnumber the the regulars and and the actual officials so hopefully we're not just giving anybody ideas right now (laughs) (laughs) unless you're a leftist (laughs) well unfortunately it looks like the tactic of hijacking open government meetings is probably going to stick around for a while longer especially after a white supremacist podcaster told his listeners and and again it's a fucking podcaster i i'm not i i I don't know how I feel about this anymore. Like, I, I think that a lot of our problems right now have to do with something somebody heard on a podcast. That's it, Sean. We're signing off. We're, we're quitting it for good. I mean, including us. <laughs> what, what, what kind of terrible advice have we given people or examples <laughs> so have we much. set at some point? <laughs> Seriously, podcasters are the worst. <laughs> I think they should make the whole thing illegal. Are, are you ready for me to blow your mind right now? so after this white supremacist podcaster told his listeners on his show and on the show's telegram channel that they should quote speak up more often and not be afraid his audience then started sending him audio clips of themselves hijacking city council meetings with racist and anti-semitic tirades so i just wanted to say that we need to round up every last ship them all all right come on White power. Hail Hitler.
Zionist pigs keep going. There's going to be a white revolution. Anti-Semitic and racist comments made by anonymous callers at the Monterey County City Council meeting Tuesday night. The constant back-to-back white supremacist comments continued, derailing the meeting. The city had initially deemed the audio too explicit to release to the public. The mayor stepped in to interrupt a caller's anti-Semitic remarks. I appreciate you providing public comment. Um, we do have a, an agendized item. Do you have a comment related to the item on the agenda? For one person in the community, it was not soon enough. I have to say that was some of the most disturbing comments I've ever heard. And I've been to a lot of council meetings and planning commission meetings. Um, and Mayor, I wish you had uh, brought them into order uh, immediately. All these comments were made via Zoom, an option born out of the pandemic to help increase accessibility for public comment. The unfortunate consequence of that is that we lose a little bit of control over who's calling in and um, they're trying to derail our, our, our agenda. Ultimately, the comments delayed the review of Monterey's state-mandated housing plan. The council was left with no time to vote on its passage. City leaders believe the anonymous Zoom calls were part of a coordinated attack. I had some initial conversations with staff that this was from an organized group uh, that posted about this with well-intentioned of interrupting public meetings across the country. And it just happened to be that Monterey was one of the cities. KSBW was unable to... The story was tracked by the Anti-Defamation League Center on Extremism back in August of this year. The ADL Center on Extremism is tracking an increase in anti-Semitic speech and trolling efforts at public forums such as city council, county board, and state house committee meetings. Extremists and bigots are using the public comment portion of these events, especially those with the option to call in virtually, to push anti-Semitic, white supremacist, and anti-LGBTQ plus narratives. These narratives are in addition to the ongoing conflicts, challenges, and disruptions at the school board meetings nationwide. Since 2020, school boards have faced disagreements and turmoil over a range of issues, including mask and vaccine policies, transgender-inclusive bathroom policies, and book bans, as well as disinformation and conspiracies around critical race theory. Threats to these civic spaces and harassment of community officials undermine and jeopardize American democratic foundations, as reported in October 2022 by ADL and Princeton University's Bridging Divides Initiative. Public officials are increasingly targeted with intimidation and threats of violence, driving some out of local office. These actions make public forums feel unsafe, keep public servants from doing their work, and may prevent some candidates from running for office. And I think that's exactly the point. It's meant to drive people out of local office. It's meant to keep public servants from doing their work. They're, they intend to prevent candidates from running again or, or, or deciding to run because who who who's what's what's the all of what's it how is it worth all this trouble i mean that's happened with librarians when they were harassing them day in and day out i mean of all the jobs that could be a, a, a mundane innocuous boring fucking job librarian would have been one of the top of my list so and, should, so should be so so should be city councilor yeah it, it should be pretty pretty top fucking boring this should and be the monotony of the daily business of local government. It should be debating whether or not there's going to be a bike lane between 10th Street and 12th Street. I mean, that's that's the degree of monotony that that makes sense there. Not not having Fash do uh, a party crash on, on your meeting. Using the same tactics they deployed against school board officials, extremists are now harassing individual city council members 
particularly those whom they believe to be Jewish. For example, during a May 2nd, 2023 Sacramento City Council meeting, when a council member turned her back in silent protest against his anti-Semitic comments, virulent anti-Semite Ryan Masano responded by saying, quote, if I followed the Talmud, I'd turn my back too. According to the Talmud, I am an animal and a beast, and every woman in here who is not a Jew is a whore and a prostitute, unquote. And after a June 6 Walnut Creek, California City Council meeting, the Golden State Skinheads, a racist skinhead crew, hung anti-Semitic banners in nearby Lafayette that included the name of one of the Walnut City Walnut Council uh, included the name of one of the Walnut Creek Council members who was Jewish. During a subsequent council meeting on June 20th, anti-Semitic troll Harley Patero's hateful comments, including asking the council member, "How do you like those banners?" Jesus. Jesus. I, I, so I've been to Walnut Creek. It was close to where I lived when I was in California, and I've been there a few times. I used to I, I used to work out there occasionally. And this is it is an incredibly genteel liberal community. So yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this is this is obviously intended to rile up these everyday liberals, you know, that are definitely not prepared to you know have this kind of anti semitism. Now, maybe things have changed as I've been there last, but it was definitely one of the most mild-mannered places you could go. It's hard for me to, t- to tell in a statistically significant way because I, I only really have the, the sort of um, anecdotes that I'm seeing on, I, I guess, being terminally online. Jules, Jules, we, we deal exclusively in anecdotes here. There is no statistical <laughs> relevance that we can ever hope to achieve. This is a just vibes podcast. <laughs> but but that said, I do have this impression that there are more and more straight up neo-Nazis coming out of the woodwork and and out into the open than I ever remember before. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably the case. I, I think a lot of these people, a lot of this anti-Semitism in general was emboldened when Trump got elected in 2016. Just the other week, we had we had those uh, guys in red shirts and neo-Nazi flags in Florida. The, yeah, the there's the one on the bridge. And then uh, but the same people a week before were out there with also next to their neo-Nazi flags and swastikas. They also had uh, DeSantis for president banners. I love it. So <laughs> there's that. While abusing public forums is not a new extremist tactic, Masano's now weekly anti-Semitic comments about the Sacramento City Council meetings have drawn support and inspired individuals associated with the anti-Semitic Goyam Defense League, GDL, the white supremacist White Lives Matter Network, and the far-right Proud Boys. In anticipation of Masano's continued appearance, counter-protesters now attend the meetings, as do extremists who support Masano. The resulting chaos has fueled extremist interests in online spaces such as Gab, Telegram, and beyond. I'm going to keep going for a little bit in this one. During a May 24, 2023 podcast, GDL leader John Menadeo played clips from the Sacramento City Council meetings, praised Masano, and told his followers, find a city council meeting, bring the GDL flyers in, talk about Jewish supremacy, adding, if they don't want to have you there, then you should be there. This could be the next thing. On June 12th, the GDL's main Telegram channel shared a post titled, Attention, Call In and Name the Jew, which provided information for a Sonoma County Board of Supervisors meeting, including instructions on how to join the meeting virtually. Below the instructions, the post read, 
Make Jews seethe. Spread the truth in a public forum. Go viral. That last bit was in all caps. Wow. <laughs> Once the meeting began, it was hyped in the GDL's Telegram chat. Godspeed to the callers. No names or emails needed. Wrote one person. Another posted, Need more people not afraid of public speaking. You still have time. Please join when it's ready. Since then, clips of extremists speaking at and calling into local government meetings have become part of GDL's increasingly profitable efforts to monetize anti-Semitic harassment as entertainment. There's the hook. There it is. There it is. Nothing, nothing succeeds unless it can be monetized and including monetizing anti-Semitism. There it is. I, well, I mean, what the fuck else is, is Rumble? But, but a platform, I mean, Rumble hosts uh, Truth Social and we have uh, uh, Russell Brand on there uh, spreading all of his bullshit. And anybody I, I else. You, you might have your anti-Semitic networks conflated there. Rumble? Truth Social is Trump's social network. Uh, well, I thought Truth Social was hosted on Rumble. But Rumble is also. Rumble's the, a video the, platform. It's also a video platform, but I'm almost positive it does hosting. Oh, do they? Okay. I'm pretty sure it's. it's the, the, yeah, let's not confuse the two though, because the the hosting oh, services sure. is one thing. Because you know there are other platforms like Epic that have. That I was just going to bring up Epic. Yeah, I, I was just going to mention Epic. people that nobody else will host because they're they're too disgusting for anybody else to touch. And all these but, places, they're they're all the 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 places of refuge for neo Nazis yeah. and and everybody else who gets picked kicked off of legitimate platforms. Let's see. Oh, here's some stuff. Uh, below are some of the extremists who have recently spoken at or called into city council, county board, and state house committee meetings. In many cases, these individuals use false names, are repeat offenders, and live outside the jurisdiction of the committees and political bodies they harass. Ryan Masano of Fairfield, California, April, May, and June 2023. Starting in April and continuing through June, Ryan Masano, an anti-Semitic agitator, has repeatedly made remarks during city council and county board meetings in Sacramento, Walnut Creek, and Sonoma, California. Masano's comments often included anti-Semitic tropes about Jewish power and or lectures about the First Amendment. During an April 18 Sacramento City Council meeting, Masano said, quote, the, the information and money are completely controlled by a small group of people, and if you say their name, you're called an anti-Semite. Similarly, on May 16, again before the Sacramento City Council, he said, if you say who runs the Federal Reserve, you are called anti-Semitic. Calling into a June 12 Sonoma County Board meet of uh, Sonoma County Board of Supervisors meeting, Masano stated, "Quote: There are no First Amendment exceptions, as mentioned, for hate speech. So it is very troubling that we have members of America who think they can silence criticism of their religion by yelling and shouting about hate speech and anti-Semitism. See, none of this is criticism of the Jewish faith. It is." Just trafficking in the same old tired anti-Semitic tropes of Jews controlling things behind the scenes, and and the worst part is we we don't need anti-Semitism to explain a handful of people controlling the world. That's yeah. just capitalism, right? Yeah, well, we, I we, mean, we've said it before. We're going to have to <laughs> say it again until they stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> This is Haley Patero of Modesto, California, May and June 2023. On May 24, 2023, oh, that's Harley, not Haley. Harley Patero, a Modesto-based white supremacist. Of course, this all makes sense. This is like Sons of Anarchy shit. Somebody named their kid Harley. Oh, my God. A Modesto-based white supremacist 
who is you know all of that stuff is like like that's that that is inspired heavily by just how motherfuckers live in you know in and around chico california i was gonna say that (laughs) there's like that central slash eastern california area that is a lot like eastern washington uh where if you're in seattle the baseline is is liberal and then it just gets left from there meanwhile all you have to do is is go to eastern washington and you've got uh, guys who live in a fucking bunker and are absolutely. Spouting, I mean, you stop at any of these towns like Modesto or Chico or Manteca, any of these places, and it, it's you know it is more conservative than you could possibly imagine. And then actually, some places along the coast as well, like Humboldt County, which was you know obviously famous for a couple of things. You know, mostly because it was one of the illegal pot growing capitals before legalization is an insanely conservative place. Like people don't think about that, about about pot growers prior to legalization, especially that that was a very conservative crowd. Yeah, I mean, and the, 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 do you like, think you're the fucking libertarians? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that they're, they're doing it for like, though, that's the kind of ideology that, that people would subscribe to would be this far right sort of anarcho capitalism. Yeah, absolutely. On May 24, 2023, Harley Patero, a Modesto based white supremacist who was part of the Goyam Defense League, attended a Sacramento City Council meeting in support of Ryan Masano. At the meeting, which devolved into chaos, Patero wrote, wore a jersey that promoted the GDL with 88, a white supremacist numerical code for Heil Hitler, emblazoned on the back. <laughs> if, if people haven't mentally broken that code, it's just the eighth letter of the alphabet twice. <laughs> in the weeks since, Patero, using the name Scotty, has called in to speak at city at council meetings across Northern California and Walnut Creek and Sacramento, as well as a county board meeting in Sonoma. <coughs> During a June 6 Walnut Creek City Council meeting, Patero began his comments by falsely claiming to be a resident of Walnut Creek. He went on to say that, quote, every time whites express love for their people, some Jew wants to shut it down. He also claimed, quote, we don't have an issue of white supremacists like you guys. Okay, so this is just his like his crazy way of talking. Quote, we don't have an issue of white supremacists like you guys like to push in your Jewish media narratives. We have an overwhelming issue of Jewish supremacy that is becoming more clear daily, even to non-whites. A week oh. later, on June 12, Patero called into a meeting of the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors, focusing on an anti-Semitic 9-11 conspiracy theory. I don't even know that one. Patero claimed, quote, every single aspect of 9-11 terror attacks was Jewish. Like, is that the whole conspiracy? Just blaming the Jews. the Jews for it. It's, it's, everything's the Jews. <laughs> There's no other story necessary there for these people. <laughs> the next day, he called into the Sacramento City Council meeting claiming Jews are headed to, quote, expulsion for, quote, parasitical activity. <laughs> what? Patero, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and and look at these images that they have on the on the. ADL article. I mean, the, I know the, the, they're all the, they're all guy in a car filming while driving shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the gnarliest one is is this guy um, giving the OK symbol, which is a which well, is a white yeah, you're, you're getting ahead. Is, we'll get to that guy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. 
Passero asserted that when Jews cite anti-Semitism in the news, it only serves to expose Jews even more and, quote, accelerates the inevitable collapse of the United States of why America. I think that's supposed to be why America, like the Weimar Republic, why America, the way he wrote it, W-E-I-M-E-R-I-C. It's not even clever. I mean, it's just shoehorning shit in. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. So here's a... Harley Petrero and Haley Phillips. Oh, okay. So that's why I said Haley because there was a Haley too. Yeah. So Harley and Haley. Lovely. What a, what a couple, a power (laughs) couple, a white power couple. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next we move on. This is great because it is like, it literally is a sketch of activities for a bunch of these individual people that the ADL has put together. This is awesome. So you can really put a name Two individuals' actions here. This is Jeffrey Perrine of Sacramento County, California, May and June 2023. Jeffrey Perrine, a proud boy and GDL associate, that's a nice way of putting it, ADL, attended the May 24, 2023 Sacramento City Council meeting in support of Ryan Masano and along with Harley Patero. He also called in to speak at the June 6 Walnut Creek City Council meeting and claimed that, quote, a bunch of Jewish supremacists are, quote, shutting down anyone that doesn't agree with them. Perrine, using the screen name Unapologetically White, has made hundreds of posts across multiple white supremacist telegram channels, including those associated with the GDL and white supremacist troll Paul Miller, a.k.a. Gypsy Crusader. In oh. fact, in April 2023, Perrine promoted Miller's white supremacist merchandise sales and said he is Miller's business admin and declared, quote, I want to see Gypsy thrive again. Wait. What? I, <laughs> I thought, know, I love I it. thought they were anti-gypsy. I, or also, that's not the preferred term anymore, uh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> in April 2021, Perrine attended a school board meeting in Lincoln where his speech attacking mask mandates was picked up by conservative news outlets and shared widely in extremist spaces. In February 2021, Perrine was expelled from the Sacramento County Republican Central Committee following reporting exposed exposing his ties to the Proud Boys. In 2022, he ran for the 7th District State Assembly seat, and after losing that race, ran for San Juan Unified School Board seat, which he also lost. Thank fuck he did. So yeah, this brings us to the the pictures that, that Jules was talking about. There are photos of a photo of Perrine with one, uh, the first one there is with Enrique Tario, who recently convicted. And then for like what thirty years or something wild, like yeah. And then in the top right, I don't know who he's with in this picture. Again, this is Perrin. I don't know who he's with in that photo, but they're both wearing Hawaiian shirts. This might be a little dated, and this might be like a Boogaloo Boy kind of thing because oh, those that guys would make aren't a lot of sense. Those guys aren't around so much anymore. But the at least the Hawaiian shirt shtick is gone. But they, uh, but yeah, they there they are. Uh, and then we got a bunch, a couple of okay symbols in different positions. I don't know who he's with at the bottom one, uh, but, but in the right one, I I think that's that's, that's the, the best fucking, one. That's the masterpiece. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a, it's a describe, yellow baseball describe this cap. photo. Yeah, describe yeah, this photo, a, Jules. It's a yellow baseball cap with a swastika. He's got like a shitty like cloth mask with a with a skeleton face on it. No, no, he's, this is like the special, the like the 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 phony special forces operator balaclava is what this yeah, is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. With the Wearing skull, sunglasses. with the skull printed on it. 
with a skull printed on him. He's got the 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 sunglasses, and of course he's wearing. Uh, he's got the OK symbol, the white supremacist OK symbol uh, that he and uh, with with these terrible white uh, basketball shorts, and his shirt has the Joker. I don't know why these guys like the Joker so fucking much. But uh, did you ever see the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie? Oh, I didn't see that one. No. Okay, so that's why because of that film because they've mistakenly interpreted that film as a as a uh, an on screen depiction of the the frustrated white man's reaction to a society that is crushing him. Because of white people are so well known for being oppressed, and well, and that, but that see that's the thing. I about mean, that's this. That, that's what they believe, though they they believe yeah. that they are being persecuted. Absolutely, one hundred percent. They think that they are they, they are being like slowly snuffed out, and that's that's what that like sinks right in with the Great Replacement theory idea that they're literally being bred out of existence. I mean, it, it it dovetails with with uh, uh, with incels who who feel persecuted because uh, women don't want to fuck them because of some sort of because they're fucking weirdos. Because they're, they're fucking weirdos, weirdos is the truth. And, and what what they don't want to acknowledge is that what they're what they're sensing way down in the background and the only part that is actually in contact with reality is this: the subtlest of rebalancing of power in our society where they're they they no longer have this this unassailable position simply by virtue of having been accidentally born white and male and you know what's what's that phrase uh when when you have all the privilege in the world equality feels like oppression or something like that <laughs> uh, it's uh, that's exactly and, it <laughs> and, and and he's and he's I should. So there's the other thing. There's a little flag that's that's coming up from a an old Smith and Weston style pistol, uh, like a like a Looney Tunes kind of a thing. And yeah, well, no, the it's, flag, a, it's the gag gun. gun. It's the gag, it's the gag gun, gun that you shoot yeah. it and the flag comes out and it says bang. Yeah. But and this it, one and it says, says what? 1488, which 14 oh, it's yeah. reference to the 14 words and then 88 for Hail Hitler. Yep. All right, so, let's do, let's do, he's, he's, let's he's do a, a couple more gem. of these guys because these are good. <laughs> let's do a couple more of these guys. So then we have John Minadeo, who this you know famous podcaster, John Minadeo. And actually, before you do, I just I want to point out how it, it, it's a mind fuck for me that I understand why and how it happens. But Ben Shapiro shares space with these people ideologically. I mean, yep. they're in the same fucking crowds. And meanwhile, Ben Shapiro is is so Jewish that he always wears a yarmulke and uh, it's it's a whole fucking thing for him. And he's 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 right next door to these people. And there there's there's no problem with any of this. It, it, it boggles my mind how they can be right next door ideologically, uh, not just Ben Shapiro, but a lot of others where where uh there's this horrific anti-Semitism, uh, or or uh, in the case of um, uh, the the leader of the Proud Boys, um, uh, uh, we just said his name, Enrique Tario. Uh, uh, Tario, where it, he's noted FBI. It always needs to be added. Leader of the Proud Boys and noted and FBI, FBI informant. informant. Yeah, but but he was he was the leader of basically a white supremacist organization. But because they have the cross, I mean, like. 
And I know, this is, I know, all right, I know so this shouldn't, this shouldn't confuse you. We, we haven't aired the episode yet, but you guys, everybody's going to hear it in the not too distant future, a conversation that we had with, we had Thomas Lecoq back on the show. And we, we talk about this, this ever changing definition of whiteness. So this is something that we, we just have to wrap our fucking heads around that Enrique Tario, a Latino man or Hispanic man or however he identifies himself is not considered a non-white person. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I remember in addition, I rem- the, the conservative aspects of Proud Boys don't necessarily go like don't necessarily descend into that type of overt racist thinking or that, that very concrete kind of definitions of racial categories that we, that might've been, that are much more familiar, especially to a prior generation than us. They, there is a lot more flexibility here. And, and the, the enemies are, I mean, you have to remember there was a point that Italians were not necessarily considered white. Yeah. And Catholics were, were among the worst of the lot. And and Catholics and I mean well mainly because most Catholic Catholics are coming from places that were were, were by these racialists were considered fringe cases anyway you know Spain yeah, so I mean, Italy, Irish the Irish you know, and even Irish to some extent I mean you think like how are the Irish not white well there you go that's how much this makes sense <laughs> yeah and you don't need it to make sense. Don't don't ask for their for logical consistency or any kind of coherency in the in in a white supremacist worldview. Like that's part of the problem is that there is no consistency or coherency. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to right, this so next goblin. John Menadeo, again, famous podcaster, of Port St. Port St. Lucie, Florida, January and June 2023. On June 12, John Menadeo, leader of the Goyam Defense League, was one of five extremists who called in extremists who called in to the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors meeting. In his comments, Menadeo identified himself as Tammy and claimed to be a Jewish LGBTQ activist who wanted to speak, quote, out against Jewish supremacy. He also referenced the, quote, synagogue of Satan on, Janu- on January 23, Posing as Tammy Cohen, a gay Jewish man, Menadeo appeared in person to speak at an Orlando, Florida city. Uh, appeared to uh, Menadeo appeared in person to speak at an Orlando, Florida city council meeting. That's just so confusing. There's like there's too many town names. Orlando and Florida city; those are two different places. Oh Jesus! Oh, that's what oh, confused Orlando, me. Florida. Si- Orlando, Orlando, Florida, Florida city, city council, council meeting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. You know what? I'm just a human being. His remarks included the recitation of many of GDL's anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, which Menadeo claimed were factual. He ended by saying, quote, I'm Jewish. Our people are controlling America. Okay. So I want to stop anti-Semitism by being honest. <laughs> what? And he has like the graphic then, in the photo, and it's like on the left side is a is a star of David with a sort of rainbow gradient to it, and on the right side it is a it's a a pinnacle with a uh, or an inverted inverted pinnacle a pentagram with a the same radiant graphic like a Luciferian pentagram. And what does that say? It says it's something about Disney. I see Disney on there, but I can't see it. The image is too fuzzy. 
And oh, and on top of it, it, I think it's pixelated in that because I think it was it was made in fucking Microsoft Word. Oh yeah, no, no, no. it wasn't. Well, it wasn't made in Microsoft Word. This is a real photo. But no, no, no. I'm, I'm oh, saying. No, I'm I see saying, what you're saying. The he, graphic he printed, was made in Microsoft he, Word. Yeah, he he put he, it together in Microsoft Word and printed it out. He's not. He's not using Canva. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christopher. All right, we're we're moving on from from famous podcaster John Menadeo. Christopher Wood of Wausau, Wisconsin, June twenty twenty three. Christopher Wood, a white supremacist, associated associate of the anti Semitic Goyam Defense League. Boy, those guys keep coming back in. Called in to speak during a June thirteen Sacramento, California City Council meeting. Four days later, Wood led a white supremacist anti LGBTQ plus event at Lakefront Park in Hudson, Wisconsin. He's getting around. Leading racist anti-LGBTQ plus chants alongside individuals associated with the Goyam Defense League, Blood Tribe, and White Lives Matter. In his comments at the city council meeting, Wood pressed the council to, quote, start calling out the people who corrupt our country, and unfortunately, it's the Jews who control the media, control the banks, control the government. He urged white people to move to, quote, primarily white communities, and suggested they leave California for the, quote, blacks and Mexicans. Good stuff there. Wow. Wood, who hey, claims to be the, running While from, we're on the subject, uh, California is pretty great. <laughs> I mean, of yeah. a nice place to live. It, it's got excellent climates. It's got a nice coast. There's a reason why, why it's like the sixth largest economy on, in the world or something like that. It's because people want to live there. It's a nice place. It is a beautiful place. I, 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 mean, I love living in California. What, are you going to go to Wisconsin? Come on. <laughs> or what, Frog speaking, Balls, speaking Arkansas? Of, <laughs> speaking of Wood, who claims to be running for mayor of Wausau, Wisconsin, <laughs> in 2024, <laughs> makes regular anti-Semitic speeches in Wausau's town square, often reading loudly from GDL propaganda. So we have a, a great photo in this article with, uh, with Wood I highlighted. All right. Moving on to the next one, 9-11 Truth Campaign, Sonoma County, California, July 2023. At least seven individuals associated with conspiracy theorist John Jinkle. John Jinkle. <laughs> and his 9-11 and his Truth Campaign spoke during the public comments section of the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors meeting on July 11. Some of those individuals spoke in person and others called in via Zoom. Appearing to read from the same set of documents, these individuals alluded to conspiracy theories related to the Bush administration, conspiracy theories related to the Bush administration, 9-11, and, quote, communist China. 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 One unidentified caller referenced an anti-Semitic website stating, quote, for all the 9-11 truth that you need, go to 911missinglinks.com, which exposes how Israel did 9-11. I, unfortunately, for... For my sins, we'll probably be visiting that website. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the 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 websites that we visit. I mean, I, just just our search history alone between you and me, we've got to be on ten different watch lists. Oh, I but love they, it. But, but, I, but I, 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 lo I love our, taking advantage of the doing research loophole. But but our <laughs> but, but our, our FBI supervisors, uh, our 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 uh, overlords, our watch over guys, have got to be so confused. They're like. Well, are they anarchists or anti-Semite? Or I, I don't know which way they're going. One oh, week man, they're this, into UFOs and then this website is fucking terrible. 
at the very top, it just says missing links, the definitive truth about 9-11. And then there's a missing links documentary, which I'm terrified. It's a two hour and seven minute and six second long documentary. I, I have not clicked on it yet, but it was posted on 20, in 2016. So not exactly current. Uh, then there's the Israeli connection to 9-11. Israel, also, the, 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 yes, the, header- the Jewish state did the 9-11 attacks, find out how, and then they 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 push themselves. I guess they want you to maybe share the banner or something like that. Can we the talk about how fucking pic- Can we talk about how fucking pixelated the hero image is at the yeah, very it's pretty top? Bad. It's, it, they, they found uh, the lowest resolution image of the the M, the impact moment of the first on the second tower that they could possibly find. I mean, this, this thing must have been, you know, about an inch tall and they blew it up to fill in the whole header. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. To, uh, to quote a famous statesman, they're not sending their best. (laughs) Some of them, I assume are good people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next one, Arthur Curatola, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, July, 2023. Arthur Curatola made anti-Semitic comments during a city council. This, this is a that's that's an Iron Town right there, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Oh wow! Arthur Curatola made anti-Semitic comments during a city council meeting in Bethlehem on June, July five, claiming that quote militant Jews and sympathizers for them are quote into chaos and dissension rather than peace, love, and world unity. Like, I I. The, you know, the, 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 the neo Nazis all about thing. peace, love, and world unity. This it is such a common, a, such a common approach that you have this an anti-Semitic tirade that begins with a with by trying by imploring the listeners to live your life in in peace, love, and with and in world unity, <laughs> and are quote attempting to overthrow our government with their wit. By trying to get others to do their dirty work. <laughs> now, he also stated, that, quote, the rich and powerful militant Jews will one day control the entire world as they are doing a good percentage of today. I, I can only I can only imagine uh, Hasidic Jews uh, with with their with their hats goose stepping down Washington, D.C., those militant Jews, <laughs> those militant Jews. <laughs> <laughs> now. I I have like when I've been traveling overseas, I have I've never been to Israel, but I have encountered a lot of Israelis and I I could I I actually don't have any problem calling them militant Jews because they are they know that that mandatory military service really has this this effect of creating a, 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 a sort of subtly aggressive traveler. They are some of the worst travelers I've encountered. Like right. literally, some of the meanest people I've met have been no shit. Israelis traveling overseas. And but, I'm, I'm not trying to say anything broadly about Israel. I, I, I say I say critical things about the nation of Israel, especially in relation to how they treat Palestine and, and the fact that they keep electing the, the, these ultra the ultra conservative Israel. Yeah, these ultra conservative fascists uh, to political offices. Like I'll, I'll criticize them every single day. You know, uh, dawn till dusk about that stuff. But I'm this is like one of the times like I I can only talk about the specific people I've met. And yeah, like they were kind of (laughs) dicks. That's funny. You know, the the the, uh, I was just watching this this TikTok came across uh, that there's an IDF 
chick who was like doing one of the TikTok dances. And my first thought was, that's a pretty cool TikTok dance. She she totally nailed it. A lot of people I'd I'd already watched the same dance from 10 other videos. She fucking nailed it. And then the other thing that crossed my mind was, you know, they do have pretty cool uniforms. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not I'm not yeah, saying yeah, anything I, I, positive or negative about the IDF. I'm just saying uniforms look pretty good. It's been made before. <laughs> Specifically about the Nazis. Hugo Boss. <laughs> it was Hugo Boss. It was Hugo Boss. I actually think that uh, yeah. that particular bit of uh, of trivia is not as is not the the to- the whole story. I think there is a tangential connection between Hugo Boss and the Nazi uniforms, but it wasn't like Hugo Boss designed them and and created yeah. these uniforms. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think there's a little bit more history in between those. I don't, I don't remember the details right now, but it's not quite the same as Hugo Boss, the company that we know of right now, also designed Nazi uniforms. Not like not we're not like uh, unlike the the company Braun, which we do know right now, who absolutely had a part in designing some of the equipment used to kill Jews during the Holocaust. Very different, yeah, and Very and different. IB and IBM. I mean, they 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 developed the um, the ways of keeping track of numbers that were that were tattooed onto Jews in the concentration camps. Yes, that right. was IBM yeah. and IG Farben. I believe they had some a little hand in the chemistry there. And 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 uh, of course, Coca Cola created uh, Fanta so that specifically they for Nazis to to, to continue <laughs> to serve in. In Nazi Germany, I I love it. It's like designed designed for Nazis by Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to move on. That link to the the ADL article it continues on. Profiles a number of other people, but we're uh, we're we're running into a wall with our time here, and I cannot possibly leave this this episode without saying. Of course, he was at fucking Bohemian Grove. Of course. Of course. And by he, I am talking about Judge Clarence Clarence Thomas, Thomas. (laughs) pubic hair on the Diet Coke can, connections to David Coke, hanging out with Harlan Crow, billionaire buddies, driving his Winnebago, Winnebago coast to coast, just seeing the country. You know, just just trying to – he wants to see how regular people live with his lovely, incredibly mentally well-balanced wife, Jenny. Who's definitely not engaged in any kind of conspiratorial behavior. Who absolutely elections. was not trying to seize – to encourage Mark Meadows to help Trump seize control of the government on January 6th. She would never do anything like that. Don't Don't read the text messages – <laughs> there, that's that's all that's that's all misinformation. <laughs> so back to Clarence Thomas. Details <laughs> about our our favorite Supreme Court justice who loves taking vacations with family friends like billionaire Harlan Crow. Turns out he also has ties to David Koch and the Koch's rebranded Tea Party organization called Stand Together. And all of this was just dropped a few days ago. Stand Together is an umbrella organization that kind of took over the role of the Tea Party movement stuff that the Cokes were pushing 
back in 20... Like 2010. 14, 2012, 2010. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think 2012 is, is kind of like the last... So, yeah. So, they, they rolled all that in to stand together... Uh, also called the Stand Together Network, because, like I said, it's an umbrella organization that happens to also include Americans for Prosperity Action. Some of the revelations about Clarence Thomas and his connections to the Coke, the single Coke. <laughs> there are other <laughs> brothers, but they are not politically active. Like I think and one, one of them's them, dead. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the other, the other one that was involved in all this, this stuff alongside his brother, Charles Coke, died a couple of years ago. And, you know, we're just crossing our fingers that David Coke's day is coming soon. But honestly, he's probably going to die before Henry Kissinger. Henry Kin- Kissinger cannot die. He's a no. fucking cockroach. What a ghoul. I mean, that, that guy is, is just immune to all manner of natural causes of death. I, I, okay. I don't think he can die. I think it's him and Highlander. And, if, if and, you, ever and you just have to battle it out needed, in swords. If anybody ever w- wanted evidence that adrenochrome works... It's Henry Kissinger. <laughs> so some of the some of the recent revelations have to do with a 2018 trip that Clarence Thomas took with David Koch on you know a bunch of vacations, and one of the places they visited was Bohemian Grove. They're turning the frickin' frogs gay. They really are. This is from a ProPublica piece. On January 25, 2018, dozens of private jets descended on Palm Springs International Airport. Some of the richest people in the country are arriving for the annual Winter Donor Summit of the Koch Network, the political organization founded by libertarian billionaires Charles and David Koch. A long weekend of strategizing, relaxation in the California sun, and high-dollar fundraising lay ahead. Just after 6 p.m., a Gulfstream G200 jet touched down on the tarmac. One of the Coke Network's most powerful allies was on board, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. During the summit, the justice went to a private dinner for the network's donors. Thomas has attended Coke donor events at least twice over the years, according to interviews with three former network employees and one major donor. The justice was brought in to speak, staffers said, in the hopes that such access would encourage donors to continue giving. That puts Thomas in the extraordinary position of having served as a fundraising draw for a network that has brought cases before the Supreme Court, including one of the most closely watched for the upcoming term. Thomas never reported the 2018 flight to Palm Springs on his annual financial disclosure form. That is no surprise because he he doesn't ever report anything on that form. Well, that's why he's been getting into fucking trouble is that he keeps not reporting shit. I want to come back to that, but that's actually, I think, the larger issue here is that, yeah, he's getting attention for these things, a lot of criticism for these things, but he's actually not getting into trouble for anything he's done. Good point. He's getting headlines. That's it. An apparent violation. So not putting, not disclosing this trip, an apparent violation of federal law requiring justices to report most gifts. Now, here's the question. Who enforces said law? Is it the justices? It happens to be. I believe it is John Roberts, (laughs) the Ah, chief justice. A Coke Network spokesperson said the network did not pay for the private jet. Since Thomas didn't disclose it, it's not clear who did pay. Thomas's involvement in the events is part of a years-long personal relationship with the Coke brothers that has remained almost entirely out of public view. 
It developed over years of trips to the Bohemian Grove, a secretive all-men's retreat in Northern California. I just, I just want to add in here where they all gather around and worship a big owl. <laughs> I mean, an all men's retreat where they all gather around. I mean, it sounds like a limp biscuit kind of an event. I, cannot, I mean, that, I can never talk about Bohemian Grove without thinking of Alex Jones. He I will be forever here. cemented in it just in the, for the rest of my life as my, as my association with Bohemian Grove. And, and 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 his Blair Witch style uh, filmography. That, that is some doing. gonzo journalism right there. <laughs> <laughs> a secret of all men's retreat in Northern California. Thomas has been a regular at the Grove for two decades. That I did not know. But it doesn't. I mean, come on. Is anybody surprised by this shit anymore? Not at all. Where he stayed in a small camp with real estate billionaire Harlan Crow and the Cokes. According to records and people who spent time with him there, it just occurred to me he he spent time in a small camp. It never occurred to me that what the 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 housing situation is for the time at Bohemian Grove that there are individual camps and how Burning Man is just sort of a an every a, an everyday man's version of Bohemian Grove. <laughs> it kind of is, isn't it? Because they do end up burning the owl at the end. And they they? got a bi- they got a big owl, and then at a Burning Man, they have the big the the big temple or whatever the theme is for that year that they set on fire. I mean, this is their parallels. They, they just they just need Chris Rock gunning it out before before the rains come. <laughs> well, now here's a question: Has Chris Rock ever attended Bohemian Grove? I I wouldn't be that surprised if I did hear it. Honestly, Uh I really (laughs) wouldn't either. A spokesman for the Coke Network, formerly known as Stand Together, didn't. I said formerly. I don't know what I said. A spokesman for the Coke Network, formerly known as Stand Together, did not answer detailed questions about his role at the Palm Springs event, but said, quote, Thomas wasn't present for fundraising conversations. I mean, what a fucking technicality, as if that shit matters. If you know Clarence, you can show up and Clarence Thomas is in the fucking building, then he's there for fundraising conversations. Yeah. I mean, like. I mean, like. Uh, we, if you we, know we, he's going to be there, if that, if that influences your decision to go or not that year. It's it's like saying, oh, yeah, there's a three day conference, uh, but he wasn't at the luncheon. OK, right. so. He wasn't at the luncheon where we asked for money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The idea that attending a couple of events to promote a book or give dinner remarks, as all the justices do, could somehow be undue influence, just doesn't hold water, the spokesperson said in a statement. Yeah, slimy motherfuckers. All of the sitting justices and many who came before them have contributed to the national dialogue in speeches, book tours, and social gatherings, the statement added. Our events are no different. To claim otherwise is false. In a series of stories this year, ProPublica reported that Thomas has accepted undisclosed luxury towel from Harlan Crow and a coterie of other ultra-wealthy men. Crow also purchased Thomas's mother's home, which is the creepiest part of that whole fucking story. It does, and, and, well, and this part. And Crow paid for private school tuition for the child Thomas was raising as his son. Not adopted son, just raising as his son. How can a Supreme Court justice not afford private tuition? Yeah, this is this is the most is obvious salary? Exa- his, example his of salary gifts. is like four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I, he clearly can afford it, and this is clearly. Uh, hey, uh, I'm going to go ahead and not give you money per se, 
but I'm going to buy your mother a house. Who buys someone's mother a house? That's the most- No, no, no. He didn't buy his- I, I Actually, that story, is, I think what it was is that the mother had lived in a home and like Harlan Crow like took it off her hands, but allowed her to continue living there or something like that. Oh, so it's even weirder. It's so, the whole thing is just so fucking strange. Yeah. But I mean, how, how can you say that that's not influencing a, a public official? I mean, come on. Come on. Thomas has said little in response. Like, I, 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 think, I think that the only way that it could be a more clear bribe is if it had a cartoonish big bag of money that said bribe on the side of it. And well, it was see, dropped off. <laughs> I mean, I think this is different because I think that as opposed to a clear cut bribe situation, like we were talking about with Menendez and the Egyptians, I think that with, when it comes to, to Thomas and these ultra wealthy people that he's hanging out with all the time, I don't think it's necessarily like a straight bribe. I think well, that it's not they for probably, one specific thing. I think it's an influence for a no ideology. I think well, I think they consider them each other, one another, to be friends, and as such, they. It, it, but it it is a completely inappropriate friendship. It should have never happened. Yeah, and if it did happen, then then then, and he wanted to be honest about this, which he obviously does not. He obviously feels like he is so far above any any questioning about these topics he has no interest in hiding it he has got no interest in explaining it he doesn't have any interest in appear and in, in maintaining some sense of propriety or anything like that let alone actually having propriety then it, but if he was honestly a a like trying to like be uh, present himself as an impartial supreme court justice he would pay his own fucking way and he would have receipts to prove it yeah, it would sh- it would show amounts debited from his accounts to pay for a jet, or to pay for his part of of a boat or something like that. Now it's one thing to go on somebody else's boat; that's cool. But when you get to wherever you're going, are you staying at somebody's house or is it a resort? If you're a guest at somebody's home, that's one thing. But if you're staying at a resort, how about having the room on your own credit card? Yeah. You know, like those are the kinds of things, if he wanted to even appear to have a sense of propriety, he would do those things. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care how he feels because he knows there are no goddamn consequences for this. I mean, that's as, made like, clear. They, I mean, we, as, we can as, see that there are no consequences. As, as much as people might get pissed off about it and as as much as like, you know, you have the libs yelling about this and stuff, you know, and like just up in arms over how atrocious this whole thing is. There will be nothing done. There are no consequences. We don't live in that world that actually holds people that have a significant amount of power accountable. There's no, there's no way to balance it. And I think that's been made clear about the, the degree of autonomy that a Supreme Court justice has compared to what we thought when we were all in school and, you know, watching some, some special about the, the checks and balances between the exec, executive, some kind of schoolhouse rock version yeah, of how this schoolhouse rock version, schoolhouse rock version of how the the three branches of government work. It's not like that. It's not. Nobody that. is holding them accountable. There's nobody. You know, I, what, I, who I, even knows what the process is to impeach a, Spur, a Supreme Court justice? How does it even he, work? Even worse, he was the shithead who, in in overturning um, Roe v. Wade who wrote the uh, the opinion that said essentially 
that the reason that this is the case is that it doesn't have precedent uh, in or, or something like doesn't have precedent in uh, American traditions and yada, yada, yada. Uh, first of all, what the fuck are you talking about? American tradition. And then and by the way, in the same opinion, goes on to cite some obscure legal something or other from the England in 16 whatever uh, as as evidence to for for his opinion. But the the idea that something doesn't uh, didn't exist a long time ago has no basis on anything. It 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 it, it makes no sense. It's a nonsensical argument. I mean, uh, fucking uh, uh, massacring Indian uh, Native American. God damn it, massacring Native Americans is part of American tradition. Yeah, right. <laughs> en enslaving black pe black people is part of American tradition. And and if, like every single, I mean, a ruling from a Supreme Court from our Supreme court doesn't require precident. It, no, it never, how, it, how about it, setting the precedent? It's mind boggling to me that that was the logic that, that, uh, it wasn't in, in the founding documents basically is the argument. It's just an excuse. Well, it, it's it not was, just an excuse. It actually speaks to Thomas's general ideology that he, he is this sort of constitutional, uh, literalist. literalist. Yeah. And you know, he's an essentialist when yeah. it comes to the when it comes to the constitution and he also he doesn't like rights. He doesn't like to he doesn't like to extend rights. He he doesn't really like I, there there's something about him. He 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 is much more comfortable trying to claw back rights that have been granted to people than granting them. Yeah. He's he's just that that that's just his whole that's been his whole vibe. Is it just trying to take things away from people, making and he, who knows why he's like that? Who knows what happened? You know what somebody said to him when he was a child or something that made him into this horrible human being. But there he is. There you know, he is. He, and you know to to just circle this all back around. Didn't Biden vote to uh, to confirm him? Was was that well? That would have that would have been about. Uh... 15 years ago. So Biden would have been a Senator. So that would, that would make perfect sense. I want to say that that's a, uh, that that's, that that's a, uh, one of the things Biden, one of Biden's legacies. <laughs> who, who's the frat boy who just got onto the Supreme court? Kavanaugh. Um, Kavanaugh. I mean, he likes beer. He likes beer. Yeah. He, he fucking explicitly said, Hey, I'm not going to touch the Roe v. Wade. Uh, don't worry about it. Everybody who, who got invited on was asked about it, and they all said, ah, I'm not going to touch it. And then lo and behold, you know, a handful of months later, they said, ah, never mind. Let's scrap the whole fucking thing. Yeah, it doesn't look like Biden voted for him, but he also didn't really defend Anita Hill when when or uh, when Orrin Hatch, Alan Simpson and Arlen Specter were were attacking her. He allowed them to to go after her pretty hard. That's what I'm reading now from this. uh this U.S. news piece that was talking about, uh, it's called Joe Biden's forgotten disgrace. <laughs> the one, just the one. Yeah. Just the one. Yeah, exactly. Thomas, uh, de declared at the time that the, uh, his whole confirmation hearing was quote, a high tech lynching. God damn. Whoa. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> just pulling the race card right there in the middle of the Senate. <laughs> oh man. 
Which, well, which incidentally is something in other places Thomas has criticized so harshly when other people have done it. He's done it so many times. He, I, he honestly, uh, the way that he, he talks about race and in general equity and equality and, and, um, and marginalized groups in general, the way that he talks about it, I, I swear to God, it sounds like the next sentence out of his mouth is going to be all lives matter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, circling back to, oh, to the, the, yeah, there was there was one more thing I wanted to mention about this. There's a there there's a fantastic photo in the uh, in the ProPublica piece about this about Clarence Thomas showing up at Bohemian Grove, where it's Clarence Thomas on the left, on the right, on the far right is David David Koch, and in the middle, firmly squeezed between these guys with all three of them grinning is the is the public new uh public television st- like superstar Ken Burns which i think the, is the legendary is the, documentarian of this is of one of the craziest yeah this is one of the craziest revelations of all of this this uh disclose this all this information dropping about Clarence Thomas at Bohemian Grove is that Ken Burns goes to Bohemian Grove so you know when 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 we start wondering whether Crick Ro- Chris Rock has ever been, uh, I, I think mean, that's probably an open be. question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, with, I, with Ken Burns, and he, and he justifies it. He he says, "Oh, I, I I didn't know the guys. I wasn't in any meetings with them. Uh, I, I was just around, and they asked to take a photo." Yeah, and it's like, yeah, but what were you doing there in the first place? But what were you doing there? And then later on, there's another photo that got that was part of this all of this revelation, and it's a much more distant shot. Like it looks like somebody is up on a balcony or something, yeah, and taking a picture at a at a at a, at a group down below, and it's Ken Burns talking with Michael Bloomberg, who was also a Bohemian Grove, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And, uh, yeah. So all that all that criticism that, you know, that maybe some people have heard about uh Ken Burns's Vietnam documentary about how it never really deals with any issues of American imperialism and what brought the United States to Vietnam in the first place and how we basically arranged it so that there was a hardcore dictator in charge of what we were calling South Vietnam. And that was a, a preventing people from voting for Ho Chi Minh, who was in charge of the North. Yeah. All that stuff, that doesn't really make it in there so much. How we essentially engineered the entire, uh, the entire war from the, like, or the initiation of the entire conflict. And that the, the, all of the stuff about how, you know, like, yeah, there's like a couple of different conflicting stories about Gulf of Tonkin and things like that. But yeah, but really what it turns out is that it was a bunch of U.S. ships literally firing into the ocean. <laughs> and there was no, and, and then claiming they'd been attacked. And yeah. the, the, the fog of war uh, uh, interview with um, McNamara, uh, the, the then Secretary of Defense, is insanely good. So the they have a uh, it's a conversation with Robert McNamara and I forget who the filmmaker is but it's called Fog of War and he 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 lays it out right there and this came out 20 years ago and he ago, was also a fucking ghoul while we're on the subject but McNamara at least had the the courage to sit there to and and say in an interview that yeah this was this whole thing was made up yeah 
And which is, you know, just a fantasy that continues to be perpetuated decade after decade that the Gulf of Tonkin actually happened as, as a precursor to the U.S. involvement in Vietnam. Like, no, we were going there as part of a Cold War agenda. That was it. it. Was, we were, it, it was, for any reason we could find, we were going to go there as part of the Cold War agenda. It was a fucking French colony that went belly up if, and, and, uh, in the 50s. They, in the fifties, that they that they had fucking oil and rubber. It was it was oil and rubber, and and, and it became this and a and lot drug. of drugs, lots a of drugs, a lot of drugs. <laughs> I mean, just like just like how opium is the chief thing in Afghanistan, uh, was yeah. and is again. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I, lots of lots of drugs. We gotta we gotta keep that fucking running, and and most importantly, it was just part of the ideological crusade of the of the Cold War. Yeah, it's. I got nothing else to say about that right now. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> That's probably a good place to stop. Yeah, I think so. All right, everybody. I think that about does it for this episode. Thank you, Patreon subscribers. As always, we love you and appreciate your support. If you want to catch up with us online, you can find us on Twitter and on our Discord at WetWiredPod. Thanks again, everybody. See you later. See ya. And priests, the desperate call of heavy hearts is answered by the power of your fellowship. No care is plain. His body has been brought yonder from the funeral pyre to the joyous wipings of a funeral march. Our funeral pyre awaits the corpse of care.